welcome to St. Paul's Lutheran Church in Saratoga Springs, New York, where we are gathered by God to share the love of Jesus. Today we continue our catechism series with the sacrament of holy baptism. Here is this week's message from guest pastor Tom Fisher. Grace and peace and mercy in the name of our Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ. Amen. Our theme this morning is baptized for this moment. And in our readings that we heard this morning, I'm going to use Luke 11, verse 13, kind of as the theme. If you then, who are evil, know how to give good gifts to your children, how much more will the Heavenly Father give the Holy Spirit to those who ask him? And then we go to our reading from the book of Colossians, Paul to that young church, as our text. Having buried with him in baptism, in which you were also raised with him through faith in the powerful working of God who raised him from the dead, and you who were dead in your sins and the uncircumcision of your flesh, God made alive, having forgiven all of our sins. Parents bring their children to the font. In fact, I think here at St. Paul's, this font has been well used over the past several weeks. You were brought to the font by your parents or someone else responsible and asked for the Holy Spirit. And we've all been given the Holy Spirit because we are all here today instead of out swimming or out on a boat or maybe water skiing. We came here to praise and honor of our Lord. Have your children ever asked you to prove that they're baptized? Have your children ever asked you to prove that you're their parents? Not very often. God gives us children as a tremendous gift as he sees fit. And what a wonderful miracle of life it is. And God draws the parents to bring their children to the font of baptism, which is an immeasurable worth, our salvation. God gave us life in the body as a gift. He gives us parents, food, home, all we need. But he gives us eternal life in the spirit, salvation instead of damnation. The beginning of our service An astute English student may have noted, and several in our seminary did, that we begin our worship service with an incomplete sentence. In the name of the Father, and of the Son, and of the Holy Spirit. There's no verb, there's no subject. It drives some people nuts. You need to add something before and after to make it complete. You see... Our baptism and our worship this morning all begins at the font. Because we hear the words before, I baptize you. This is a command of God. These are not my words. They're his and in his stead. And afterwards, we simply say, Amen. I baptize you in the name of the Father and of the Son and of the Holy Spirit. Amen. It is complete. 
God's word, an earthly element, and a promise. The Gospel of Mark, we hear, he who believes and is baptized is saved. This is our life. It's complete. Begun in the waters of baptism, continued by a life of faith, culminates in eternal salvation of forgiveness. And we say, Amen, which means, let it be so. And just as we baptize those for the Spirit as infants or maybe young adults, we, as baptized souls, get to be the eyes, the mouth, and the ears of our Lord in our daily walk. We know Jesus died for our sins. We know that we are now free from that sting of death. We know that the Lord can and will take care of us. And we know that we are free to offer our lives in service to the Lord as he leads us. We, by the Spirit, have a childlike faith in Jesus, just like our children have that childlike faith in their parents. This is profound. This is also counter to the world. The world demands that you look out only for yourself. The world demands you to take advantage of your neighbors rather than care for them. The world demands that you grab all the gusto you can. We like watching evening television. And we have found out through the, through the, the months and years that there's a medication to fix all of our ills so that you can retire in luxury. With all these medications, I can snow ski, I can kayak, I can zip line, I can ride horses. I can go on the, on the fjords in Alaska. I can do so much more in my retirement. I remind myself as I have trouble getting up in the morning. <laughs> what they need is the Folgers commercial before all that. But living God's life is in direct conflict with the way of the world. And without God's true word preached, believed, and retold, our sinful nature will pull us back into the world and its ways. Martin Luther, at the height of the Reformation, said this. This is in the 16th century. Germany has never heard so much of God's word as it is today. But let us not let it slip away without thanks and honor, or God's word will be like a passing shower of rain that does not return where it once has been. For ingratitude and contempt will not make it stay. Look at the Apostle Paul, who brought the word to the Greeks, but now it's gone. Most of Paul's missionary territory is now under Islam. In the 19th century, a missionary, a pastor named William Leah was a pastor in Germany. He had this to say about the state of Lutheranism. In the early part of the 19th century, the preaching of the gospel has disappeared from most of our pulpits in Germany. The doctrines of the Reformation were considered out of date. Teaching that our reason is the safe guide in all matters of life and also in religion. The Bible was treated as an ancient Jewish record. All miracles were denied. 
doctrines of the confession were scrapped. They were not even taught in our seminaries. That was the birthplace of the Reformation. A little later, we came into this country, and a group came into Michigan, formed the Michigan Synod. There was another missionary named Frederick Winniken who wrote this about the conditions of the Germans after they were here for some time. You will find thousands of our people who either forced by bodily wants or lured on by prospects of carnal liberty and outward comfort have made their way to their homes. Many, even in their old German home, have sunk into the filth of immoral life. They do not have any reverence for sacred things. The restraints of decency mean nothing to them. I remember the shamelessness wherein vice, not hidden in the darkness of night, but in the broadest daylight, struts about in the streets. And there I find the grossest indecency and the most disgusting dens of vice. Children follow in the footsteps of their parents, and the majority are carried along in the current of greed, and for years they have not been fed with the word of life. No table of the Lord has been spread for them. They grow accustomed to living without the church. They're no longer disturbed by the truth, and they imagine themselves in good standing with God. I could go on, 20th century fared no better for Christianity, but when we look at Luther's words, the Apostle Paul talking to that young church in Colossa who just one generation after Christ had fallen away. Paul encouraged that young church, as you receive Jesus, so walk in him. We don't know what particular ills the church had, what was taking them away from the gospel. But things were going on that took their mind off of Jesus. Things were going on that took those Germans' minds off of Jesus. Things were going on in Michigan that were taking the minds off of them, off of Jesus, and back into the world. Things today are taking our minds off of Jesus and attempting to pull us back into the world. The devil rarely uses new temptations. The old ones work just fine. There's only three of them. We learn them from the garden. Did God really say that? God's words aren't really all that true. And you surely won't die. And those lies still work. But we are baptized. And we are baptized for this moment. We have all the gifts of life, salvation, and forgiveness. We get to come here freely and worship our God. We get to come here and freely receive his body and blood at his table. We know our gospel is in great danger in our time as well. Worldliness and wealth are snuffing out the word in our homes, workplaces, universities, you name it. We are not in a forest of trees as they were in Michigan. We are in a forest of unbelief. But we are born into the family of God by means of heaven, by means of baptism. We are heirs to heaven. That life and faith sustained by Lord's word and supper is still with us today. 
we hear Paul again, having been buried with him in baptism, in which you were also raised through faith in the powerful working of God. You who are dead in your sins, God made alive, having forgiven us all our trespasses, which we just heard this morning. God has canceled that record of debt that stood against us with its demands. This he set aside, nailing it to the cross. He has disarmed the rulers and authorities and put them to shame, triumphing over them. We are the people of God because God says so. And what a joy that is for us today. We heard in one of our praise songs today, be of good cheer for God's own son forgives all sins which you have done and justified by Jesus' blood, your baptism grants the highest good. If you are sick, if death is near, this truth your troubled heart can cheer. Jesus Christ saves your soul from death, and that is the firmest ground of faith. And today his promises are just as certain as they were in the time of Paul. The comfort we receive from our salvation is just as sweet. The grace that we receive from God's outpouring love is just as forgiving. And it's more sweet and precious than all the noise the world will throw at you as you walk out this door. We are baptized. We are baptized for this moment. And we're baptized for all eternity. In Christ Jesus. Amen. And may this peace that does pass all understanding guard our hearts and minds truly and firmly in Christ Jesus. Amen. Thank you for listening to our podcast. For more information about St. Paul's Lutheran Church, please visit spalutheran.org. God's blessings to you. Go in peace and serve the Lord.